I mean, there are three major questions that, that come up for, for everyone really. And it's, it's what do I do with my life? Why does it even matter? And how do I get there? Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella. Today I'm joined by Ty Wynn. He has a story that's going to blow your mind. I'm going to let him share it with you in his own words. But just to give you a little insight into Ty, he is a featured writer. He has been featured in the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur.com, many, many more publications that you would know. He's also the creator of the utopianlife.com. I want Ty to tell his story in his own words. So let me bring him on. Hi, Ty. Welcome to On Air with Ella. How you doing, Ella? Great to be on. Well, let's share a little bit about your background, Ty, because it involves Vietnam, Indonesia, Canada, Texas, <laughs> a, a whole lot of Australia, and a dash of South America. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, you do. You do, actually. All right. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, Ty. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been told that I'm, I'm quite a walking contradiction. If you end up seeing the photo that you'll uh, you'll probably use for this interview, the accent doesn't quite match uh, my <laughs> appearance because I was, I was born in Vietnam and then left as uh, a refugee and fled the country with my parents. We made it to a refugee camp in Indonesia where we stayed for a year and then from there we got accepted into Australia and grew up in Australia really going through I think the the major general struggles that that we all go through but we often ignore the questions of meaning identity and purpose and uh, I guess fell into the the wrong crowd trying to figure things out and after high school I went over to Canada and just played a season of rugby over there I'd played growing up in Australia uh, and got to competed the national championships there from there I went back to back home to Australia and I went into culinary school worked for the Hilton Hotel for a few years and from there I, uh, I kept pursuing athletics and I'd switched over to kickboxing and ended up moving over to Thailand and got to compete at the uh, the world championships and compete internationally and then after that I decided to pursue an education and Went over to Texas, went to school there and finished my bachelor's degree. From there, pursued a, a career in writing. And as you'd mentioned earlier, just been writing for the Huffington Post and a few other publications. And uh, now I'm back in, in Australia. So that's kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a nutshell, Ty. Competing in rugby at the national level in Canada, competing in Thai boxing at the international level, and working as a professional chef. I mean, there's so many things that I could talk to you about today, but I'm not going to talk to you about any of that. Not fitness, not food, not any of those accomplishments. I'd rather talk to you about the how. I'd, I'd rather talk to you today about the mindset that got you from there to here and with the incredible success that you already have under your belt um, and, and you're in your early 30s, right? Yeah, yeah, just uh, just turned 31 recently actually. So um, um, uh, I appreciate uh, you viewing that as, as still an early age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll share sort of... Uh, 
the whole the whole journey and experience and and sort of all of it culminating towards the the book that I'm working on and and it is you know a question that gets brought up a lot and and part of how do we reach our goals is is something that I'm passionate with uh, helping people out with and, and again if we think of just our goals and and our approach to life kind of like this this fire that's burning a lot of the times we lack kind of the firewood to give some imagery to it uh, underneath our goals and and so for me driven by by a lot of questions i think it was the the philosopher voltaire that said uh, judge a person by his questions rather than his answers and it, it really is emphasizing uh, the questions that we ask are a great reflection of the the quality of life that we're going to have and so i i try and even in my approach with sort of working with people is you know a lot of the times Ella, I'm, I'm not really giving them the answers i am in a very indirect way that i'm giving them the questions the right questions to ask and when it comes to mindset when it comes to your goal it really is boiling things back to asking yourself the questions and finding as many whys as possible to why you want to reach that goal and so you know the pragmatic how do i get there um, but also tying that together with the why um, behind it and so if we boil down all of our goals our sort of worldview i mean there are three major questions that that come up for for everyone really and it's it's what do i do with my life why does it even matter and how do i get there the second question is why does it matter which i would think so many people would actually struggle there how do you counsel people yeah that's that's a that's a huge question why does it even matter so why does it matter to you personally what you're doing and, and there has to be some inherent value in what you're doing that you actually enjoy it regardless of any recognition regardless of any monetary value or any gains you would still do what you're doing regardless so for you if you didn't get any uh, attention any any sort of exposure for these podcasts that you're doing i have a strong feeling that you you absolutely love engaging with people and you still find an internal inherent value in doing that would that be correct a hundred percent yeah so matters to you because you value human connection you value personal growth you value learning but then also the external component that that you want to make a difference in this world you want to make a difference within your family you want to make a difference within the tribe the community that you're connecting with so so for me you know i one experience that's really driven a lot of what what i did uh, is again I, I fell into a bit of a rough crowd growing up and i had some friends that really struggled through a lot of personal issues and then in the last couple of years had uh, a couple of them actually take their own lives and and that really rocked my world and so thinking through my circle of friends that's a huge external why does it even matter it matters because i want to expose my circle of friends to a higher calling a higher level of living which ultimately will result in and a more meaningful and happy life for them. So those two things when it comes to why does it even matter, an inherent internal sort of reason and also an external one. And using that as a model, a framework for people to, to walk through, that's what I'm really working towards is, is creating some sort of a model that is objective in a sense, but makes room and is actually, actually able to hold 
all of the subjective elements of it coming down to the individual. The amount of answers that you have hidden within you, everyone surprises themselves and it comes with asking the right questions. I recently interviewed Dr. Nito Cobain, and he he was peers and friends with Zig Ziglar, and he toured with Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and you know, a lot of personal development gurus, and he's now gone on to even bigger and better things. But he was quoting someone else when he said, you know, there, the, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you found mm. find out why. Yeah, I love that quote. I've come across that before, and... and- I think it's it's absolutely crucial, but but then there's that huge gap between okay, how the heck do I right. do I come to that epiphany, right? Right, Ty. Why do some people never get off the starting line, and then some people are Ty win? And at 31, they've been across. Uh, you know, I lost count four or five continents, achieved something superlative on each one. What is that? Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I've asked my, myself that. Uh, most people that I, I chat to, that's the desire is is always there. I think it's just the the understanding behind the the desire, and, and once you're sort of touching on as many sort of why points as possible, that ultimately the the taking action seems to be the the easy part. Usually we think the taking action is, is so difficult, but when you have the motivation behind it, the, the taking action just flows so easy from that. And is that what you mean when you say find the why? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So asking these, these questions and really sitting on them, meditating on it, and sometimes it doesn't happen straight away. Sometimes you've, you've constantly got to, uh, to keep, keep going through it, which is why journaling is, is such an important exercise that I I get people to do a lot. It's just to, to set aside a habit of, of over the next 30 days, just trying to give yourself as many answers to these questions as possible to think through them as much as possible. And, and really, usually it doesn't take doesn't take that long, I think, with the, the three major questions and usually uncovers and, and gives enough whys, gives enough motivation to start taking action. I think that's so key because you see it a lot. I'll use a really um, common example. If somebody wants to be motivated to lose weight or get healthier, they can have all of the motivation in the world, or but if they don't have a real why, if they don't have a real why, nothing changes and it's not until they get their why that you actually see change in their life so they can say yeah i know if i exercise and eat right i know that i'll be healthier i'll look better i'll live happier you know these are pretty big things mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's not until they get sick or somebody else gets sick or they have maybe a, or I mean, they find their why. It can be something really, really mundane. It can be a race that they sign up for. That is just enough of a why to get them kind of back in the game again. Um, and But it's not until they find their why that they can affect any change in their life. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I spoke at an event in Houston just before I came back to Australia. And same thing, I did sort of this live consulting with, with the group and someone had uh, dieting that they were struggling with and and as we talked about it all they had was the the internal motive and it just it's not enough i mean we all want to do things for ourselves but it was until i brought up the issue of okay think of something external think of how this is going to affect someone outside of yourself think of an external motive an external why 
and immediately family came into it and, and almost, you know, they got emotional just thinking through it. And that was just, that was great fuel. So if we have a listener who needs to quit smoking or who need, knows that they need to change their diet back to real foods instead of a bunch of, pro- a bunch of processed junk or someone who knows that they need to start moving their body again because they have let it go or left it alone for far too long. What Mm -hmm. do you say to that person right now where they are? How do you start where they are? Yeah, absolutely. So if we begin, uh, let's say a smoker and look at an an internal motive, they may want to just improve their health. I just, I want to get healthier. That's, that's an internal motive. An external one is, is I want to live long enough to see my my grandchildren. That's a, a huge external motive that affects someone um, beyond yourself. And then I'd look at um, empowering versus restrictive language. So it's it's moving away from um, I I have to and I choose to, which seems like such a subtle shift, but but it's huge, especially with with diets. One powerful exercise is just writing down a list of things that you love eating and that you get to do. So even for a smoker, writing out a list of the things that they enjoy doing in their spare time and being able to say to yourself, I choose to do this, not, not, uh, I can't smoke, but I choose to, to sit on the deck and read like something just tiny like that. And if we apply that to to dieting. It's not, uh, um, I can't have sweets. I can't have ice cream. It's just like, I, I love eating fresh Greek yogurt with fresh fruit and, and moving yourself from this position of empowerment. And, you know, there are plenty of studies that have just shown how effective that simple shift is. So that's a, that's another thing. So looking at, looking at what restrictive language is kind of plaguing you, and the next thing is immediate and long-term goals. So you need that sort of celebration, the little the little chunks of celebration to, to move you forward. Every time something good happens, you know, your brain releases endorphins and, uh, and dopamine and really surges you on. A lot of time goals fail because we focus on the long-term, but we don't have uh, this short-term celebration. So celebrate each week or even each day in a small way and getting your brain wired in a way that that sort of just strengthens that movement towards that big goal and get your brain sort of laying down those new uh, neuro pathways and and so those are those would be some immediate ones that i think would be very helpful that's really strong and i i so appreciate you mentioning what i call the abundance mindset versus a deprivation mindset Mm-hmm. We, yeah. especially in the realm that I operate in with this podcast, which is fitness and nutrition and mindset and, and really just living better, like moving the needle on your life and moving it toward better away from status quo, away from mediocrity. And in any topic you want to drop into that bucket, if you can flip the script to an, an, abundance mindset versus a deprivation mindset you're i mean you're gonna score and and fast and faster by the way (laughs) absolutely and it it appears in in so many different fields and it just validates and affirms how how important it is we have so many different ways of expressing it but that that truth basically boils down to the same 
concept of moving away from any sort of scarcity and restriction more towards like abundance and empowerment. Well, I mean, even just in the most practical terms, so forgive me for using another just totally base analogy, but if somebody's no, no. trying to clean up their diet and they're like, I'm on a diet, first of all, that's already, you know, problem number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. But when they say, I can't eat that, I'm on a diet. I can't do this, I'm on a diet, blah, blah, blah. When they replace that with, I love your your swap swapping have to with choose to, but... um if they say, I choose to eat this, this, and this, and in practical, pragmatic terms, if they fill their day and fill their plate with all of this abundance of food that they're trying to cram in, it cra- it literally crowds out the, quote, bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you can do that mentally, too, is what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I really think so much, and almost everything, really, you boil it back to the mental aspect of it. Before you think through the the how, think through these whys and changing your mindset, changing your approach really uh, ultimately changes the whole trajectory of how you're going about a lot of your, your goals. And I think that's one major thing I want to challenge all your, your listeners with is start to peel back these layers. And we always begin with the pragmatic, how do I do this? Um, but, but to change your mindset and shift the way you're approaching it, not only shift it, but give yourself a little more fuel behind it. Well, I'm sitting here jotting down these notes. If you start with the three, I'm going to recap. You start with the three major questions with anything you're trying to do. It doesn't even have to be, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? But with mm-hmm. anything you're trying to do is what do I want to do? Why does it matter? That's the why. How do I mm-hmm. get there is the practical application. And then having us say, therefore, I choose to, and then answering you know, sort of fill in the blank there and then creating points of celebration. Yeah. Yeah. And also building in immediate and long-term goals. Ty, I'm all over this. (laughs) (laughs) Like I want to, I'm, I'm picturing us right now leading a workshop. Who's listening right now would want to come to a workshop that Ty and I do where we run you through this model and you come out on the other side. I mean, I'm in Ty. I, I would I would love to do that and honestly that's that's one of the funnest parts is to do these to just to do them live and in action to see people move from a two or three out of ten in terms of confidence in reaching that goal to to having that aha and just wanting to leave the workshop because they want to work on on getting towards that goal so yeah if, if you've got listeners that uh, are wanting to I would certainly jump on the next plane back to the US to do something like that. Yeah, I'm all revved. I need to settle down. I'm all revved up over here, ready to go. I want to talk about the hurdles that get in people's way. I and everyone else I know, I am a pro at rationalizing my way out of anything I don't really want to do. You know, if you really want to do something, you will. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse, right? (laughs) Yeah. Paraphrasing Jim Rohn. So I want to talk about things that hold people back and things that you see. So one of the things I'm going to throw out there is I think the imposter syndrome is huge. I -hmm. think people don't understand that truly successful people put their pants on one leg at a time also, and (laughs) they feel like they'll never rate. So why even try? What do you Mm. think? Yeah, it is a huge thing, isn't it? The imposter syndrome. I think a lot of times we live in a vacuum and we feel like we're the only ones that that experience something like that but exposing yourself to 
that actual fear. So in uh, psychology, they call it symptom prescription. Uh, so whatever it is you you kind of fear to expose yourself to that. So whatever it is that voice is is telling you in terms of what we're doing with goal setting is to take action toward that. And every time you take action towards that very thing, you you weaken the the power of it. So if you have some sort of a, a social fear with engaging with people and and your mind is telling you gosh if i go up to that person they're gonna they're gonna brush me off kind of thing to actually begin to do that very thing but you can begin in small steps so even if you have some sort of a social fear i worked with someone recently was just to ask a simple question to the person who was uh, who was checking out their their groceries at the store so just simply asking every time hey have you had a good day today so in terms of that imposter syndrome whatever it is that voice is telling you in relation to whatever goal you're you're working towards is think of some small step you can do uh, to go against that what do you tell people who are admittedly afraid to fail to fail the the symptom prescription but also First, I'd ask you, tell me an experience of, of failure. What does failure look like to you? But then to move from that to, to reframing it. So how can you begin to see that as you know, a redirection more than this, this closed door? And sometimes I know it can sound cliche. And, and although in that isolated experience, you may not see any sort of immediate uh, win from it with failure is just to dig into what are you viewing failure as? And and I'd, I'd say nine times out of 10, maybe even more, that definition of, of failure can be seen in 10 different ways as a positive. What else do you see when you're working with people? What other tapes are they playing in their head that are keeping them from really living out their potential? I think excuses are, are huge. And it's just a shift from... Every time you go to make an excuse to, to move towards thinking through a, a solution, so simply switch, flipping that switch and say, okay, give me a, a solution to that issue rather than an excuse every single time. Talk to me about how our ego gets in the way. I think the most common ones with ego is tying in self-worth to productivity and determining yourself valued by by what you contribute which is important but ideally if you make that the ultimate for your life if you think of your own self-value and self-worth as in how much you can produce how much you can get gain and how much you can accumulate um, then that's kind of a detrimental approach so and then it's easy for for any ambitious person to do is to fall into that kind of mentality and it's not you know, it's not an either or a lot of the times, again, that whole sort of binary approach that we have, everything seems to be mutually exclusive because, I mean, recognition isn't, isn't a bad thing, a, a feeling of achievement, a feeling of accomplishment, but it's just when that becomes the be, be all and, and end all approach. So that's when I steer the conversation towards, okay, let's look at this self-recognition that you're lacking, uh, which is causing you just strive so much for this external recognition. And then when that doesn't come, that's when you crash and, and burn. So if we begin to put some, some firewood underneath this internal motivation where if that doesn't happen, you're not left 
high and dry, we're covering all bases. We, we're going for more of a, a both and approach where, yeah, get up in the morning and, and strive for those goals that you have, strive for that recognition. But at the end of the day, if you have a crap day, you're still able to lie in bed and, and be happy with, with who you are, where you're at and what you're doing. I want to ask you two questions that I like to ask as many people as possible that come on the show. What is one habit or practice, tie that you would encourage the person listening right now to try for just one week? Sure. And we touched on this earlier, I think going on that excuse-free diet. So for the next seven days, so to build self-awareness, just to sit with yourself. And this is amazing, the amount of people that haven't done this before. Because it only, it's only a minute, but just to sit and look at the minute hand, uh, move around, but also to process your thoughts in that time. So get a notepad and just write down everything that you're thinking. Just for a minute, write down all the things that are going through your head. And all we're doing here is just building that self-awareness muscle. So you're becoming an observer to yourself. And think of yourself as a reporter that's just reporting what's going through your head. And, and for a lot of people, it's quite scary because we all can have some pretty strange thoughts, but just be, be objective about it. And for a minute, do that. And so you're becoming more and more self-aware. Uh, and then just to talk to yourself, you know, you don't have to do it out loud and freak anyone out, but to, to converse with these thoughts, to challenge them, to engage with them and really to ask first to label them. So you're labeling them by writing them down and any, any negative ones to ask yourself why you're feeling that way. And then to move away from that into this excuse-free diet, what we're doing is once you have the awareness, then you can sort of catch yourself when you're about to make an excuse for something, whether it's verbally to someone else or whether it's to yourself, you're going to stop and you're going you're gonna to come up with a solution rather than an excuse. So it's not like I didn't get that done in time instead of, of getting frustrated and saying oh crap I didn't finish that in time catch yourself when you're about to make an excuse and just think of a solution okay in order for me to overcome that I need to get up half an hour early in the morning and so you've just immediately replaced the potential excuse with the solution and you've given yourself an answer to sort of how to overcome any sort of future failure in that area. Okay, I like it. And you can use the choose to language to override some of the have to or I didn't do, right? Like even if you fail to do something, if you say, I, you know what, at the end of the day, I chose not to do any exercise today at all. Oh, that's, that's a great point. I hadn't even, hadn't even thought of that, Ella. That's, yeah, that's great. So even begin to reframe right there with, with the potential negative. Hey, I'm just coming full circle with your stuff. <laughs> You're inspiring me. But I think that's really, I think that's terribly empowering to just own it. Even if you've made, you know, the quote wrong choice for that day, or you didn't meet the goal or you failed that day to say, to reframe it with the language that you're giving us is really, really powerful. It, you're accepting responsibility. So seven day excuse free diet, which you snuck in like a little bit of journaling, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. Okay. I do. <laughs> so I'm picturing me in the morning chatting to my, like arguing with myself. <laughs> my husband's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but I love it. I get it. I totally get it. And, um, and I think it's, I think it's doable. So I'm adding this to my 
I'm adding this to my commitment list. Okay. And the second thing I want to ask you, Ty, is what's one resource that you would like to encourage our listeners to try or to refer to? Yeah, there's there's one, I mean, as as disciplined as, as I am, I definitely human like everyone else in terms of struggling uh, quite often. There's an app I use called Self-Control. And when I need to put my head down and do some work, it just blocks pretty much every website that you can, you can make a list of the websites that are distracting for you. And, and it's great. I mean, it just, it blocks access to that. And I just know um, that I've got to put my head down and do some work. So that's a, that's a great one. Okay. This is an app. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's free to download selfcontrol.com or.org. I'll, I'll clarify and double check and, and send that to you, but it's, it's great. Ah, brilliant. Okay. Okay. We'll share that link with everybody in the show notes. You're telling me you need an app called self-control. You're like, if I looked up self-control in the dictionary, it would have a picture of Tywin. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have quite a few struggles. Well, Ty, this has been mind-blowingly awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for for everything you do. And and, uh, definitely I hope listeners will uh, be encouraged and inspired also. All right, Ty, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ella. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.